Welcome inside episode 659 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains and the Ottawa Senators, win streak is over at four after a 4-2 loss at home to the Minnesota Wild. And the Belleville Senators are hoping Hoping to start a win streak of their own on the road this weekend in Milwaukee and Rockford. We'll get into all that plus a very special announcement. And it's all brought to you by Bet Online. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Visit Bet Online. It's where the game starts. And now the show starts. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützler, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Friday, October 28th. The show is free and available on all platforms, including... On YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video by clicking the thumbs up, subscribing to the Locked On Senators channel, and being a friend by telling a friend that they should do the same. I want you to leave a comment today as well. The comment is, what were your thoughts on DJ Smith electing to pull the goalie with 2.33 left on a power play with possession in the offensive zone? We got into a lot of that on yesterday's postcast, but Pilsy, you've now had 12 hours to sleep on it. What are your thoughts? Who's to blame if I have to throw a dart at the board? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to play the blame game here, and that's what we kind of got into on the postcast. Before I dive into that, though, we teased it a little bit. Mark Mathot on the show. We have an announcement that we're going to make. You'll hear it in the interview, but I want to let the pe- good people know that we have about what forty minutes with Mark Mathot here, and uh, get used It'd be to cool that. If we should do that regularly. It would be very cool if that was a recurring thing, but uh, you'll hear all about that. Now, as far as pulling the goalie, I thought it was the right decision. Good decision, poor execution. Like, Batherson tries to force that pass. Shabbat bobbles it at the blue line. Then it's a breakaway, and and you're done there. I think it's not a decision you should be making 10 out of 10 times. I think as a coach, you need to feel the the atmosphere, the vibe of the team. How are things going? Are the guys feeling good? Do you feel like you have a good opportunity to score here? And I, I thought that was the right approach at that time. The Sens were turning things up at the end of the third period. They finally were showing some life. It's a 3-2 game, six on four. So I don't hate the decision, but you have to time that decision right and you mentioned it, Ross, in the postcast. Not having a timeout there, I feel, is crucial because you can't ex- get a full game plan ready there. So, tough way to lose. But when you're coming off a four-game win streak, I- I'm not gonna, like the main message is let's not overreact here. It's gonna be okay. Yes, and I think the other message is fatigue is real. Maybe not as much for the players, but like the fans, like that's five straight games at home, and now the Ottawa Senators will head down to Florida. Where Mark Mathot said it, it's green light city after mm-hmm. they play the Panthers in an afternoon game with two days off before they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. For more on last night's game, we just want to point you to the postcast because we do have a jam-packed show. We want to touch on the Belleville Sens, though. Before we get there, uh, Sens prospects with a very good update for one of our guys, Bilzy. One of our favorite interviews from this year, or this offseason, I should say, was Oscar Pedersen. 
And he's been named to Sweden's U20 team for tune-up games in November. That means he's on the radar to play at the World Junior. So stick taps to Pistol Pete. Yeah, you love to see that because uh, when World Juniors are happening, obviously we all cheer for uh, Canada. We get the red and white jerseys out. But you want to see some sense prospects so that uh, you can follow along there. So that's a very positive sign for sure. Yes, 100%. Maybe next year we see Pedersen in Belleville, but they're stacked up with young talent. Love the way they battled through. Got the win with eight seconds left against Laval, but another tough test is coming ahead. And they're still looking. They're 500 on the year, Pilsy, but they're still looking after six games for their first win against a team not named Laval. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Y'all got any more of that Laval rocket <laughs> uh, verbal meme? Yeah. Um, but hey, Having said that, Ross, your Belleville Senators, at least last I checked, were at the top of the North Division in the AHL. So that's a spot you love to be. And although Milwaukee was uh, was a, has been a better team, they're having a rough start too, and so is Rockford. So these are teams, although you're not familiar with them, you're going on the road. I expect the Senators to split at least split this uh, road series here, Ross, especially with Sogard coming back into the fold. Yes, that's a great point. Matt Sogard will be in net for a team that's just been crushed with injuries to goalies from Cam Talbot to, well, shortly Anton Forsberg just missing the one game. He's already been back, but Matt Sogard. Bebo, Bebo. also injured, unfortunately. 100%. Well, stick taps to Mando. He played excellent in Laval and got them the victory in that game. A slow start for them and a slow middle period for Ottawa last night. But again, we got into that on the postcast this is a big weekend though for Belleville who are you looking forward to watching because for me it's Ridley Gregg had an assist in his first game back but I want to see him really establish himself up the middle both tonight and tomorrow yeah Ridley Gregg's definitely a good one uh Ross I'm gonna stick with my guy in Belleville and it's Jake Lucchini like say what you want about this guy but once again Ross he's leading this team in points nine points in six games it cannot be understated how much or cannot be overstated you know what i'm trying to say i want to amplify how great of a pickup that was for the belleville centers because something in the water in the bay of quinty that uh, sparked a fire in jake lucini because he's been a stud ever since coming over from thank you the laval rocket Oh, right. That's where they got him, too. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Great stuff. And then Rourke Chartier, no stranger to scoring game yes. winners. Laval. That's two for him this year. The other one was in overtime. So great stuff there for the Belleville Sens. One note we do want to get into on the Ottawa Senators again before we get to Mark Mathot on the show is Alex Debrinkit scored on a goalie, Pilsy. That's nice. Yeah, you love to see that. That's for sure. And I mentioned, I, I think the floodgates are going to open now. Like, he got seven shots. He could have had a Hattie easily. Oh. Excuse me, if uh, if it's His old teammate. Yeah, if Gus is the guy in uh, net instead of Flurry, I think that makes things a little bit better. Not to throw a ricochet shot at Gus there, but uh, he, he's been playing great, and I think now that he's got that confidence, and now that unfortunately Norris is out of the lineup, he's going to have to look at himself and be like, "I really have to step up as this team's bona fide sniper." Get used to seeing number twelve light the lamp. I will bet that the views on episodes where Mark Mathot comes on are going to skyrocket for the Locked On Senators podcast. I wish they had those odds at Bet Online, but you can pretty much bet on everything else. BetOnline.net is your one-stop shop for all things sports wagering, and for good reason. They have all the information you need, news, stats, analysis, podcasts, 
all the great things that go into being a successful, responsible sports wagerer. You can find them all at Bet Online. Pilsy, I will la- allow you a victory lap. Your parlay is now Ooh. one and two. Thank you, Ross. I, I need to revel in that moment. Uh, went back to the drawing board, went to the lab, some things up, saw some opportunities and pounced on them. So, yes, that was a big parlay. Nashville and Vancouver get the win. So, next week, I'll be riding high with a 1-2 and two record. Whether you follow or fade, you can do it all at Bet Online. It's where the game starts. All right, Pilsy. Mark Mathot coming up on the show, and I'm just going to say it. It's going to be a weekly thing. Uh, we're very excited to add him to the Locked On team. Uh, we, we get into why the Wally Mathot show ended. It was a lot. They want to do more content. Mark has obviously a busy schedule, young family, and we thought what better way? He can still shoot the breeze. He can get his takes off and use his history of playing for this team as a way to help fans kind of get the player side of what things are going. So we could not be more thrilled to add him to the squad. Yeah. We're, we're honestly honored. Like it, like Ross, when we've been doing this podcast a long time and Mark Mathot has been on our list of guys, we want to get on the show. And then he started his own podcast and then we had the crossover. It went really well. And now it's a, it's a blessing in disguise that we get this opportunity. Now we don't have anything nailed, nailed down as far as it's going to be this time, this day all, all the time. But he has said he wants to come on regularly. He enjoys chatting with us. We love chatting with him. And uh, yeah, you guys are going to have a lot of fun conversations to follow along with because we went 40 minutes today, Ross, and this is just this is just the first time. So we're going to get a lot of good stuff from Mark Mathod and can't thank him enough for uh, agreeing to help us out and join us. Elzy, let's do a little trivia before we get to Mark Mathod. Great. Where in Sens franchise history do you think he ranks in average time on ice per game? What? How am I ever supposed to get this? Well, that's the thing. You got to you got to give me a ballpark and then I'll just tell you. 19th. 8th. Nice. Played a lot of hockey for the Ottawa Senators, averaging 21-16. Only players in franchise history to average more. Eric Carlson, Zdeno Chera, Thomas Shabbat, Sergei Gonchar, Philip Kuba, Igor Kravchuk, and Dion Phaneuf. That, that last one surprises me a little bit. But Mark Mathod, obviously a veteran of many NHL games. He played 304 of his, of his 624 games with the Ottawa Senators. And now let's go bring in what he thinks about not only last night's game that he worked at TSN, his Fashion game is called into question and a whole lot more. All right. This is our interview with former Sens defenseman, TSN broadcaster. It's Mark Mathot. All right. Oh, we now welcome a very special guest back to the Locked On Senators podcast. He's an Ottawa Sting success story turned longtime NHLer. Mark Mathot, what's going on today, brother? That's the first time I've been addressed as a former Ottawa Sting member. It's kind of cool. <laughs> Hey, you set the bar for all of us who wore the beat <laughs> on the front of their uniform at Poplinski Arena. But no, yeah. uh, so you're working the game last night, and we'd be remiss not to start with your salmon suit that caught headlines nationally, internationally. You said you got a text from Mark Stone. Um, yeah. Was that your decision to wear or someone at TSN? No. So I don't have a ton of suits because I haven't, like, I haven't gouged TSN yet to, to kind of 
rebate me on suits and stuff nice. like that where you send yeah. in the receipt. So I'm still running off all the old stuff that I used to wear as a player. And I've got a couple of really crazy ones that I've been reluctant to put on because I don't want to get buried on national television. But my wife was actually the one that suggested I wear that ridiculous uh, picnic tablecloth suit thing last night. And um, I just, I, and she made a good point. She's like, what you do is not serious. Like you're not, this isn't a serious job. Yeah. You're talking like an asshole about hockey on TV. Like no one cares. So I said, okay, I'll put it on. So yeah, that's what ha- happened. Have some fun. And Mark, honestly, like I kind of liked it. Like the boys are giving you a hard time, but I kind of liked it. But where I got to dock you some marks, and this is what we learned uh, at college sports media is you got to match the kerchief with the tie. The kerchief and the tie were not matching. <laughs> what what happened there? Was there was there a colorblind issue or a little no, mix up? Or I don't have I don't have a ton of um, pocket squares, so because <laughs> they're so like we went to I was at Harry Rosen. I want to say just before the season, and they were outfitting me with a couple suits and. I, they started they started showing me some of these pocket squares and they were like 90 bucks a piece for this little piece of cloth yeah and I, you know me being pretty frugal I'm like well what, what am I gonna do with it you know I, so I I just last night I was I was scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to find something that matched and it was the closest thing I could get to that dark navy tie I was wearing anyway that's the story um if, if you're looking for cheap options for this and Ross this is I always pulled this out at school and people are always impressed you can get it's literally a piece of cardboard, and then on the top of the cardboard, like three inches of it, is a fancy design, and you just slide that in. Uh, it's like five bucks each. That's what you want, Mark. Go, go find play. those. That's the play. Thanks, yeah, I'll do. I'll do that. No I worries. Looking out for go, you. I thought you were gonna go with the Carey Price move, using his wife's lingerie, where he did that at the <laughs> NHL award show. I mean, that's probably more expensive than the ninety dollar uh, pocket yeah, squares. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna go there, but 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 it's an idea. <laughs> No doubt. Hey, so how much fun do you have it on the TSM broadcast? It, it, I, I'm sure you felt the same way, but you obviously take a, a few steps to get your feet wet, but now it looks like you're yeah. as comfortable as ever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's been, um, it's been a big change from the long format, sit down and, you know, talk shop on a podcast, which I love too. But um, yeah, the challenge, especially during the anthem, things that people don't see. I mean, I'm, I'm always having to go first. So there's two analysts. But because I'm remotely right out of the CTC, I cannot go over the national anthem. So there are times where my, my hits on the openers are like 15 seconds long because they're yelling in my ear to wrap it up because the anthem. So so when whoever the host in Toronto is, is setting everything up and maybe they go on a little too long, I have to sort of kind of speed my bit up. And so the other night, I think it was for the Arizona game, I was attempting to talk about, I think it was Jake Sanderson, but I, I think I, I said like three lines and then I'm like, I just stopped talking and then it goes back to the host. And so it can come across awkward at times. So those are some of the challenges we're facing, but, but other than that, there's, it's fantastic gig and, and everyone's been great and uh, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Sounds good, Mark. There's always like that two second delay. When, yeah. when you, they throw it. Thanks you Mark. The studio. Yeah, that's I know. Good. I know we're working through that. Um, um, what's it like for you now? Uh, obviously you played, uh, in Ottawa for quite a while. The CTC was your office now, similar thing, but in a different uh, perspective, do you get kind of those nostalgic vibes heading back to the rink? You, you got your suit, you got your coffee, you're ready for the game. Like what, what's the vibe like for you, uh, going into the CTC as a player versus now as a broadcaster? Uh, it's flattering because a lot of people kind of know who you are, right? If nice, there's any yeah. environment. You know, if there's any environment I can think of for a former player, it would be, you know, where you played a lot of your hockey. And so 
everyone's always very welcoming from all the ushers, the security people. But uh, more significantly was probably the other day was the first time I'd gone down to the room. Uh, the trainers, unbelievable training staff, and they hooked me up some new gear. I wanted some of the 2D stuff, nice. um, like the pants, helmet. So they, I went to the rink yeah, the day before the game. So that would have been what? on. Uh, I've got all my days mixed up. I don't even know what day of the week it is right now. I thought it was Sunday um, yesterday. I was like eight days away. Right, it's Friday right. for clarification's sake, guys. I, it's I've Friday. gone in on the day after their their last. So on Sunday, or no, I'm really messing this whole thing up. We might have to restart. But the point is, I went down to the <laughs> dressing room and they hooked me up. And DJ came by. A lot of the players. This is something that the organization is putting a lot of effort in towards right now, and it's it's welcoming in a lot of the alumni yep. and making them feel, um, you know, comfortable coming around the rink more now because it's it's beneficial to have former players around. It's it never hurts you as an organization. So, um, you know, DJ came by at a bowl of oatmeal or whatever he was eating. And he's like, oh, Beth, you should go back there. Go back there and grab some of this stuff. And he's just smashing it in front of me by the skate sharpener while I'm shooting the shit with the guys. And um, just a warm environment. And, and they're doing a fantastic job with that. And you can see everyone's happy. Everyone's having a good time. It's relaxed. Uh, now, that was coming off of the, for their fourth win in a row. That helps. Dressing rooms can get a lot more negative when you start to head on a skid a little bit, but um, things are looking good in there right now and everyone's happy and the vibes, vibes are positive. So yeah, as a former player, they're doing a really good job right now, particularly this season, bringing guys back. Did I hear you, you're playing a pros versus Joe's matchup with some other tonight. today tonight? Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. I don't know who's, who's playing like as far as alumni go, okay. but I'm, I'm sure guys like, like Neil or, Neeler wouldn't miss that for the world, so he'll be out there. He's been training, running for around. It, eh? Yeah, oh, guaranteed. He's he's yep. he's probably activating right now as we speak. And then, um, uh, yeah, oh yeah. And prior to the skate, which starts at seven, I'm on the ice with Chris Phillips, and we're teaching an under ten girls team. I think awesome. that probably won some kind of contest to get there. So it'll cool. be fun to head back out there tonight. I have no idea how my knee's going to feel afterwards, but um, but I'm looking forward to it. I'll pump a bunch of strong Advils and get out there, and then. Of course, quick turnaround for me. I'm on the ice tomorrow morning with my son at like 7 a.m. So I'm going to have wow. to try to be careful on the beers after the game tonight. But, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. I don't know how physical I'm going to be. Um, if I have an opportunity to lay somebody out, I probably will, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, um, after, after that rehashing of your hip check highlight reel, yeah. shame not to. Yeah, yeah. So you guys, yeah, you guys boosted the numbers on that video too. I, I, I looked at it. After that repost, it went up a notch again. So, <laughs> I, uh, it's always fun to look real. at that, though. That's an yeah, elite is, reel. They, they did a good job with it, for sure. So, yeah, no, it's, I'm looking forward to tonight. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and the best part is you didn't even have to ask for that reel made by sports. I know. No, I was, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That that's and then turned to TSN a month later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what happens. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah. we obviously know the, the story of Chris Neal. He goes full out in these. Who are some of the other guys that you see around town, though, that used to play for the team? It seems like there's a decent contingent of guys yeah. in Ottawa. Yeah, you don't you don't see a lot of them throughout the year. In the summertime, they'll come and go. I mean, Stoney came for a little bit last summer. Eric was here. We had a nice send-off with Eric Carlson. Me and a couple other guys were all in the same group chat on WhatsApp, and um, we've always kind of kept in touch together. And uh, so we were able to hang out with him before he left. But during the season, it's pretty quiet. Everyone's sort of on their own program. and. A lot of the former players that used to live here a little bit more on a permanent basis are now gone. Like Kyle Turris, for example, just built a place out in BC um, closer to his family. So you, you're not really getting Pajot, another player, um, obviously not here during the winter. But I mean, 
players do tend to come back here in the summertime and, and Ottawa is a great city. It really is. I mean, it can get cold as hell in the winter and sometimes we get funny weather, but um, it's an easy city to get around and, and certainly lots of golf and a lot of uh, pretty affordable housing. I guess I shouldn't say that anymore, but I mean, typically in the past, a little cheaper than living in Toronto or Vancouver. Yeah. So um, yeah, I know. I mean, as far as keeping in touch, really the only guys like Mark Stone, he was texting me the entire game last night. <laughs> And I'd have to ask him occasionally, like that second period, I think it was in the second period where it was sort of back and forth and then Minnesota took over. Yeah. I was asking Stone, like, what are you seeing that I'm not? Like, what can Ottawa do differently? So he was giving me some advice as well. So it's nice to have a nice. lot of current players able to kind of chime in and give me an idea what I'm doing sometimes. And so I'm uh, having fun with that. I had a big smile just knowing that Mark Stone decided to tune into Ottawa's game versus uh, yeah, he, the other ones yeah. that were on. He sent me a picture of his setup, and it was three TVs. Oh, um, and he had, I think he had a, I don't know if it was a football game. I couldn't really, or it could have been Thursday golf. But, but but that main screen that he had going was was the, was the, was the mini Sens game. And nice. um, yeah, he's, he's still very much locked in. And I know what that's like. You know, you, you want to sort of pay attention on a casual level to your former team. Cause you're always curious. And there's some guys that you're still well aware, well aware of, but seemed like he was a big fan of Sanderson. Um, talked about Pinto a little bit too, but um, yeah, he, I think he likes the direction of the way this team is going. Yeah, no question. Well, Hey, Vegas looks pretty good uh, as well. Their start to the season. If they stay healthy, you know, sky's the limit for them. Even That's what it is. Ugliest uniforms in the national. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe Stoner just wanted to pretend like he was going out for a picnic with the wife, having you on yeah. the yeah. <laughs> right front and center. Um, hey, let's go to another one of your teammates. The only guy who still plays for the team. I mean, he had eight stops between leaving and then coming back. But uh, how, how are you liking brass fitting in, in that second line spot? And I know, like, it's funny, eh? <laughs> How contentious these topics get. Like, I, <laughs> I've never said, I've never been like, listen, he belongs on the second line and, and only the second line. Like, like I can tell you, even Derek, Derek doesn't give a shit where he's playing in the lineup. He just wants to contribute. Now, obviously, he wants to play a lot, like any competitive player. But a player at that age, and I've been there, I know what it's like, you just want to contribute. You don't care where you were slotted in the lineup. Certainly, he wants to be in the lineup. But more specifically on this topic, I'm going to stop kind of dodging it. For now, I mean, I don't like using last night's game as a benchmark because it was a sloppy game all around from everybody. And the Sens were due for one. So people people are talking about DJ and oh. you know what he did. Why do you pull the goal? I'm like They had full control in the, in the offensive zone. It makes sense. Now, there was a bit of a fumble, a fumble mess up. I can't swear. I, can, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but... They kind of fumbled the puck a little bit on the attempt. I think it was, was it Batherson trying to go to the point there to yeah. Shabbat? Kind yeah, of fumbles the puck bodies. a little bit. Yeah, and, and so, you know, it's easy to look at it after the fact and criticize so-and-so and so-and-so. But, I mean, this team was on a four-game winning streak. <laughs> let's let's just calm down a little bit, right? So, uh, but as far as brass goes, you, you can, that can be fluid. And I had that conversation with Cooley prior to the game as well. You, you, can, you can move brass and Pinto or flip them after two shifts. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be a five game segment. And then you switch it up. You can do it at any point. Whenever DJ feels like he needs to shake things up a little bit, he can do that. So, uh, you know, I don't know that brass would fit on that fourth line. It's potentially there, but people, people will fawn over players, right? Like you'll look at Castellick, for example, and see him on the fourth and he's playing pretty well. And then all of a sudden you think, oh boy, well, he can handle more minutes. Let's put him on the third line. Like it's, it's the responsibility is significantly different when you yeah. go from line to line. Your matchups 
are going to be significantly different. I said that about Pinto. Like, Pinto right now is playing against third-line players and second- and third-line defensemen. That's not an indictment to Pinto. That's not to say he can't handle those more minutes. But you got to understand that the responsibility given to this young player against those top lines could kind of ha- could it could potentially hinder his confidence, right? So those are all things that you have to take into consideration. I'm not married to the idea that Brass will remain on the second line with Giroux, but if they continue to be a little productive, I don't know why you would break that up. I mean, they they probably had the most chances of any of the lines last night. Con- you know, given and of course you have to consider it was a shit game by everybody all around. But I, I would give them another chance here going into Florida, see how that plays out. And then again, it's fluid. You can always change it up. So the last time the Ottawa Senators won five games in a row, you had two assists on that. Go go figure. And uh, the first game, you probably remember this one. It was right after you guys acquired uh, Alex Burroughs. He had two goals and then Guy Boucher goes, huh, wonder what people think of the trade now. Uh, Was one of the players that hugged or high-fived Guy or uh, Jared Oria after that one? Uh, and, and that's no fault of Pierre. Like, you know, like once you get to know Pierre a little bit, he's just, he just loves the game so much, right? Like he's so passionate. So sometimes he'll say something like that I love and it, it gets taken and it's, and it can be a little corny, but like, that's, that's just, he loves the game. He's a passionate guy. So I get it. But that's, that's an interesting stat about the two assists. That is a rare occurrence. Yeah, man. You had like a third of your season's points in that streak. Uh, <laughs> third to March 9th, 2017. Yeah. Not a big deal. Um, that spring, you guys obviously had some playoff success too. I know that, uh, we talk obviously about you scoring against, uh, against the Rangers, the hip check against Malkin, like out of that playoff run, what, what do you think your crowning achievement was individually? Oh man. Well, that was still, and I was still playing. It's funny. Cause there was like a progression to that because I was still playing with a banged up finger and, Correct. um, and so that first round against Boston, I always, you'd think, uh, my memory's terrible, by the way, so sometimes you might have to correct me, but that first round against Boston, I still remember every pass, you know, you know that feeling when you're hitting a baseball and you're not wearing ball gloves and you've got a bat and it just, you get that vibration throughout your body and it hurts, like it legitimately hurts, yeah. So I was dealing with a lot of that initially and then, so they had to fuse the two fingers together and my my glove fingers rather together and splint it um, for games, so I mean, my hands were not by any means great to begin with. You add that element to it, and it's like, wow, I'm like chopping snakes out there on the ice trying to stick handle the puck. So that was a challenge, but it did get better. And then in the New York series where the, 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 where the light went on was when I grabbed Nick Holden in a scrum at the end of one of the games, and nice. I was trying to fight him. And I, I was just my, you know, I was seeing red for some reason. I don't remember why. Uh, but I remember holding him with my with my bad hand, and it it didn't feel terrible. And that right there for me was a bit of a turning point. Um, but I don't remember one specific moment for me. I mean, I remember the Malkin hit vividly. I remember getting scored on, you know, when we got scored on in double overtime vividly. Oh. Like there, there are, as a player, you have like snapshots of yeah. moments on the ice, and and they're so vivid. And then there are other moments, periods that you don't remember a single thing from, right? So um the the hip check for sure was cool but i mean i've had better plays throughout those series but that was probably very significant because it was it was malkin um but i i just remember i remember and i don't think i've ever said this i remember how good i felt every game and there's a weird thing where that time of year the sun's out so prior to games like even in the afternoons after like our naps whatever it was i would take every opportunity to sit outside and just absorb sunshine 
Nice. And I, I, honest to God, I, I, I think there's something to be said there. You know, when you're hiding in hotels all the time and you're not getting vitamin D, kind of feel you find kind of feel crappy. In the Pittsburgh series, everywhere I go on these long walks, take my tarp off and like sit on a random park bench in like a awesome. like in an outdoor setting. And obviously down there, no one knows who you are. So I could just sit there and you know, big beard, all like haggard looking, and I take my <laughs> shirt off and I just. I just sit back and try to get a tan or absorb sunshine. And I always felt great. And when we were in New York, Bobby and I would go to like IV bars, uh, like areas where you could just get pumped up with like vitamin B bags, like those big syringe bags. And I'd get hooked up and sit there in the chair and we would do that pretty frequently as well. And we felt amazing. I don't even know if I could say this or if it was legal at the time, as far as the NHL goes, but we were doing it. And, and they're not taking wins. Work. They're not taking wins away from you a- anymore. No, they, it's too late. Yeah, it's and your paycheck's already deposited, so I don't, yeah. I don't think they're g- getting you with fines. Man, you guys <laughs> right, played some fair. sick towns that uh, that playoff run, though. Unreal. Like, yeah. Madison Square Garden in the playoffs, like Bubba yeah. O'Reilly playing when you get out there, like that. Crazy to memory, eh? Yeah, like that was that was that was wild. Because um, I played in Montreal a couple of playoff rounds in years prior, as you guys know, and that was yeah. really really cool. And I still think Montreal would be my favorite barn to play in because of the fan base. But that that fan base in New York and and the 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 atmosphere at MSG is just different. And you just mentioned there, Ross, with all the music playing and and the celebrities in the stands. Like we had like Margot Robbie and Liam Neeson, and you and you see them. You know, like you're getting you're coming off the ice and you're always kind of double double taking it when you're going to the bench. And eventually you forget they're there, but. You know those those timeouts. They'll have them up on the on the scoreboards and all these random people. There were a few people from Game of Thrones as well. I forget which actors, but oh, nice. it's it's a surreal feeling. And I still remember standing on the blue line during the national anthems, and and like it's pumping in there. And you know I'm looking over at Eric and he's beside me and like maybe Stony and you're just kind of looking. You're just trying to absorb it all in, but maintaining your focus at the same time, which is hard to do. But we uh. Uh, if I could go back and relive those moments again, man, it's, it was, it was an incredible run. And it's, I know we talk about it ad nauseum and it's like the one thing we hang our hats on is former senators. And it was like five years ago now when I look back, but uh, we had, a, we had a great time and it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. We love that playoff run. I don't, I don't know if you know, Mark, but we started our podcast during the 2017 season and we thought, okay, this is going to be great. The Sens are going to make the playoffs every year. They're one goal oh, away yeah. from the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, we're going to have such a breeze doing a podcast covering this <laughs> team five days a week, and then uh, things shifted. And I think it, you're the perfect guy to talk about this because Ross and I often talk the downfall of this franchise really seemed like it happened when you weren't protected and sent uh, over to your, your quick stint in Vegas can you take us through a little bit how how that went down and like are you talking with the team like are are you going to protect me or not do I need to hire a real estate agent here like how, how does that work with you and a team in an expansion draft and Mark yeah, just so you was, know, yeah. uh, we had a temper tantrum when you weren't protected just so you know oh, no. <laughs> yeah no you can go back and listen to the episode but we were uh, not happy about it yeah well no well first of all I appreciate those kind words and I do appreciate it when people say that but I think it's it's obviously more there's obviously more at stake than just me leaving the franchise and that you know it's it's that's not how Rome fell it wasn't one guy <laughs> but I, I I just um it, it was a weird thing because you know you you just have this long insane playoff run at least by our, our standards you know yeah we didn't even make it to the Stanley Cup playoff but you still create these bonds with players when you're going to, to battle with each other and 
So, you know, like Dion, I still, I was talking to him yesterday. Like you, you still keep in touch with all these guys. And at the mo at that time, I remember crunching the numbers toward the end of the season, knowing that that, that, that expansion draft was looming around the corner. And, you know, I just, I looked at it and, you know, CC at the time was a young player. So it made sense that they would protect him. And then um, with Dion and the no move and obviously Eric being Eric, like, you know, I was, it was, it was, it was a no brainer to me in my mind that I was probably the, the odd man out. So I remember sitting down with Pierre in the office at the end of the year. And obviously we had nothing but positive things to say. Cause I had had a great season by my standards, I think. And um, he recognized that and we had a great run. It was a lot of fun, but then the inevitable conversation about the draft. And I, I kind of just paused him and I, I told him, I'm like, Pierre, I understand what you have to do. And there's no hard feelings. Um, it's a business and I'm, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I can, I can do the math. And um, we kind of left it at that. And he kind of assured me that things would work or whatever. And I think that was just him being trying to be professional. And, and I, I, I mean, to this day, I, I hold no resentment towards the team for it. Cause looking back, it's like, do you just, do you let CC go? I mean, at the time it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Cause he was like, I don't know how old he was at the time, like 24 maybe, or whatever it was. So, um, and then of course the expansion draft happens and the whole thing was so freaking weird. Right. Yeah. Like, it was it was it was made a bit of a spectacle, right? It was televised, which is fine because I get it. It's it's you're you're drawing eyeballs, but then, you know, everything from Eric filming it to on the camera with his phone to me sitting at home thinking like this is all good and great, but like I'm going to be uprooted now with you know with my wife and yeah. and my pregnant wife and <laughs> and we loved playing in Ottawa so much. So I know this is I know everybody listening right now has already heard all this stuff, but. Um, yeah, I, I was a little heartbroken. And then Jim Nill, the uh, the Dallas Stars GM, finally called my agent, I think. I, I forget how that worked out, but wanted to know if I would be remotely interested, potentially, had I gone to Dallas. And I remember telling my agent, I'm like, man, like, wh- why are you asking me? Like, of course, you know, that would be one of the few places I would die to go play in. And um, unfortunately, my knee, for whatever reason, had just given way. Uh, about a month or two into that season, but what a professional organization. I mean, that was, that was legitimately first class and uh, things went downhill from there for me, as far as my health goes. But um, yeah, that's sort of the whole breakdown of those, that sequence of events that happened. And again, no hard feelings towards the organization. Yeah. It kind of felt like uh, Pierre Dorian, if I remember correctly, was like trying to make a side deal work and, and make it happen. But with Vegas, they were getting first round picks for everybody. Yeah. They had I all know. the leverage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. that, that's a lot. Well, I think you endeared yourself even more to Sens fans when it came out that you had told the Leafs to. Uh, and Habs, I think. When, right? when I remember, tried. I remember getting a phone call because I, I, so I played in London, Mark Hunter. I was getting a call from Mark Hunter on my phone and I was such a chicken shit. I didn't want to answer the phone. Right. Cause I, <laughs> it, it would kill me to say no. And, and then it was, um, um, oh God, Claude Julian, I think was trying to call me as well. And I respectfully told my agents, I'm like, guys, like you have to decline Montreal and Toronto. I can't like, there's nice. no chance. Yeah. Um, and then just about every Canadian team, I think was interested, except for maybe, maybe Vancouver didn't call. I forget, we, but we were, you're, but that's, you're not paying beauty. house prices out there. No. Yeah. Frugal <laughs> guy like you, you're not even getting a pocket square. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, and so, so we had to play with the numbers a little bit and I know I've already given that description, so I won't go there, but, but you can manipulate those 10 teams to sort of yeah. guide your way. And you look at teams depth charts, who they have on defense and who's realistically going to go after you. And so at that point, that's the only real leverage that I had. So I was going to take full advantage of that. So I just thought, you know what, at this point, 
I'm just going to go play in a place that I think I can enjoy that's relatively competitive and I can make the most money possible. And that's about as transparent as I can get with regards to that. No, that's perfect. And we're looking forward to hearing how the Wham! show both started and ended. All that's coming up on the other side, Pilsy. First, you got a word from one of our favorite sponsors. Well, Mark, regardless of where uh, you moved and where you're going to live and where you're getting a new home, you need to make sure you've got security for that home. You've got to keep everyone protected. And hey, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered 24 seven by professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With the 24 seven professional monitoring, Simply Safe agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. So you're always covered. It blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. The monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real, so you get the highest priority police dispatch when you need it. Customize the perfect system for your home. Just a few minutes, guys, at simplysafe.com slash LockedOnNHL. And you can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free, free. Visit simplysafe.com slash LockedOnNHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. It's a Friday edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Pillar. We got Mark Mathot with us, former Sens defenseman and now TSN broadcast extraordinaire. Mark, if you were having a picnic, what would you bring? <laughs> Is that you just squares and ties? Another, yeah, you're taking another pot shot of that suit. You know what? A couple people told me that it hurt their eyes on the TV. No, 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 we won't go that far. Um, You know what I'm going to miss about the Wally Mathot show? It was, it felt like it was our connection to former senators. Obviously you have such a great rapport with so many of them. You mentioned your time in Dallas, even getting to play with Jason Spezza there. Like, what are you going to miss the most of the Wally Mathot show? Uh, You know, I... I don't miss the interviews. Uh, I never liked doing the interviews because for me, it was like that, that was Brent's like bread and butter. And um, I just liked my favorite part was just talking the hockey, like sort of what we're doing now. Um, So there's a bit of a hot take. Yeah. I I hated doing interviews, but um, other than that, yeah, I mean, it was just fun. You know, we started this thing organically Wally came to me initially and um, it just kind of evolved from there where I think in retirement, you know, you're looking for something to do and, um, I thought it was a great it was a great opportunity for me to kind of work at the craft and get used to being comfortable on the camera and delivering whatever I need to say and but uh, you know working with those two was a lot of fun and um, it was just time for a change. Now you can get into as much or as little as you want, sure. but uh, when was kind of the decision made uh, that um, the the Wally Mathot show wasn't going to go on anymore? Uh, well, we 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 kind of milled around about it in the spring. Um, because we had different ideas of what we wanted to do. And, you know, Brent, very passionate guy and and very professional, works really hard, uh, but wanted to pump out a lot of content. And, um, you know, it was hard for for me. I can't speak for Craig. You guys can have him on and he can talk to you guys. But uh, from my vantage point, we kind of came around 
um, to it in the summer where we were doing one show a week. And for me, that was plenty. I mean, cause I, I we, this, this isn't paying bills for me. Right. So um, I do it. I was doing the podcast because I loved it. I just yeah. like talking hockey and it was a really cool thing to do. But, um, and then come the fall here, like prior to the season, I think playmaker came through and, and the, the people that own daily face off and all them um, and wanted to buy the show. And uh, I think sort of the, 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 the kicker in the deal was that we'd have to produce or pump out five shows a week. Right. It's a lot. So, yeah. And you guys, and you guys are machines like, like kudos to you guys, you guys do it, your content animals when it comes to this. But for me with the TSN thing and my young family yep. and not necessarily needing to work, you know, I just, I just, it didn't make sense. And so I, I just, we had these conversations. I had this conversation with Brent and um, I just told him like, listen, I, I can't. And, and yep. I, he totally understood. And, um, and Craig was in a similar position as, as me where the, the, you know, maybe it didn't really match the workload um, and he'll be able to kind of elaborate more, but yeah, Wally, Wally just wants to pump up more content and, and, you know, the Sens fans, you know, as you guys know, can benefit from that. They can watch him and Bobby do their thing, but uh, it just didn't make sense for me with the TSN gig that I have right now. And I'm, I, you know, I'm available and I'm willing to do something else uh, just at a, at a much lower frequency, you know, so yeah, <laughs> maybe, that's totally fair. maybe I'll yeah. just come on and join you guys regularly. Cause I sure as heck wasn't making a ton doing that. It's, it's just for fun, right? We do it because yeah. we enjoy it. And it's a passion project. And I know you guys understand that. So yeah, that's where I'm at now. So now I've got a little free time and I'm coaching my kid and doing the hockey thing and taking cool. him out to Canada a couple of days a week, working with Shelly Kettles, the, the Ottawa Senators skating coach. And um, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Shelly Kettles, we could get in. We could do a whole episode. We need to have her on the podcast. Yeah, well. we do. Oh, she's a, she's a firecracker. She's unreal. <laughs> she's unreal. Yeah. She's good with the kids. I believe it. Wait, but you said if, so if you didn't have to work, Bobby made what 80 sheets playing hockey? Like, what's he doing five days a week? No content. Yeah, and but that's he's that's, still getting think, paid by the Ottawa Senators, Ross. I think yeah, is that a think, conflict of interest? <laughs> yeah, no, true. but I think Bobby, I, I think Bobby's gonna be doing three. Uh, at least that's my from right. my understanding. And I can't speak for them. They're doing their thing and good for them. Yeah, uh, yeah but sure. Bobby won't be doing I don't think he'll be doing five, but but it's a lot because I mean, for me at least. I have a hard time like to talk about the Ottawa senators at that much per week on top of the TSN stuff. It's just, for me, it was too much. So they're going to do it. Uh, however they do it and and good for them. But yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't in my, uh, it wasn't in my future. Well, you're welcome on this show. Anytime, even Absolutely. Uh, a method to our Mondays could be a good little oh, segment. If there's we do a segment. Like yeah. That. That's we're we're workshopping that. Yeah. So something with method and Mondays, we'll do some alliteration there, but that's what we're starting with. Yeah, right now. Just pass us on your agent's uh, contact. And we'll Monday Mondays on meth. <laughs> can we, can we say We can't do that. All right. Well, I mean, <laughs> 20 pills, you can do anything. If you ever yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So going yeah. forward with, with this Senators team and, and not to bog down too much, but is five well, games not too long of a homestand this early in the yeah. season? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's long, uh, but uh, you but there's so many, you've got so much turnover in this lineup, right? With all these new players that maybe you could argue it gives them an opportunity to settle in at home, get their family settled, the, yeah. the dynamic of going to the rink being at home. And I, those are little things that a lot of people don't realize that, you know, that comfort level of being in your house, getting used to the, the, the day-to-day -day grind at the rink in your own barn. 
being familiar with the fans and giving them a taste of what the team looks like. I, I don't know. I mean, if, I don't think it really matters that much. Okay. Um, if anything, it gives you an opportunity to kind of get your bearings, especially after the exhibition schedule they just had where they were on the road for yeah. almost all those hockey games. Four different right? provinces so, in four games. Yeah, it's so crazy. I feel like I feel like Ottawa, like I feel like the guys were probably looking forward to that. But um, yeah, I mean, now they're gonna go on the road. Like to me, this the timing's good. And now you've got an opportunity to do a little bit of team building on the road. Yep. You're gonna travel together, you get the team dinners now, and you kind of figure out who you want to go to dinner with, and you know, and, and it gets clicky, but in a good way. This It's not like clicky as in, oh, I don't want to go hang out with that guy. It's more you find out who's more sharing your same routines. Like, like you know, Bobby and I, Craig Anderson, Chris Neal, some of the old farts that I was playing with, we were all in the same program, right? We wanted to go do the early dinners, like the 6 p.m. dinner. Because I was always in the, in the belief that it's like get the dinner out of the way, and then I can go melt in my bed for like two hours, rent a movie, relax. Whereas guys like Carl and Dion – they wanted to eat at like 7.30. You don't get back until like 10 or 9.30. It was like, it was way too late for me. So um, that's what that's what a lot of these guys are going to go through. And this is exciting times for them because it reminds me of my time in Columbus where we had a lot of young players, like young Derek Broussard, and I'll name drop a little bit. People won't even be familiar with half of them. Chris Russell. Uh, we had, uh, yeah, Phil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm <laughs> You couldn't pay me to go have dinner with that kid. And then uh, we had, yeah, but we had, we had a good crew. I won't go on down the list of names, but we all lived in the same building, right? It was called Daniel Burton nice. Square, right across the street from Nationwide Arena. So like we'd all go to dinner and then we'd go home and we'd all throw our headsets on and we'd play Call of Duty. At the time nice. it was Modern Warfare. And like, and you guys remember those lobbies. I mean, those in-between game lobbies and like five NHL guys and maybe a random, and we would just shit talk people on these things. <laughs> nice. Some of the stuff that we said, you know, and so, you know, it, we had a lot of fun with that. And, and, and so I say that because like a lot of it can be relayed back to what Otto was going through right now with the young guys, a bunch of young kids that are making a shitload of money, going to the rink, driving their nice cars and, you know, feeling on top of the world. I'm so envious of them. And they're finally they're able to experience it now that they're all locked in together with these long-term deals. So exciting times ahead for sure for some of these boys. So if you play an afternoon game, hypothetically, in Florida, yeah. in Sunrise, and then you have two days off before you play Tampa on Tuesday night. Oh. One of those days is Halloween. What's that look like? <laughs> I don't know. What can I say on here? Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, South, Beach, green light. South Beach isn't, uh, isn't out of the question green light you you know you get a limo maybe with a couple guys you 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 know you plan a nice dinner for sure and it's going to be the whole team it's going to be a team dinner god forbid there's a credit card game at that one I, i'm hoping it, that might even be a rookie party opportunity the only thing is i know they True. had their halloween party the yeah, other night that's tight that's you know that's a lot of booze out. Yeah, so so I, I don't know. Like for me though, what I always enjoyed playing, and of course I'd go out with the guys. But as I got a little older, it was just like going to a nice dinner, having some wine, getting a little light buzz on. I didn't like to drink that much. I wasn't a big drinker, uh, but but I enjoyed going out with the guys and and you know having some good food and being somewhere. You guys mentioned South Beach. Like some of those restaurants are incredible. So I'm sure they'll be tight-lipped about it. They're not going to want to share too much, but. Uh, but again, those, those are, that's where you build that team identity and, and, you know, some chemistry with the guys, a little bit of bonding, um, kind of find out who players really are. A lot of shoe checking going on under the table, nice, stuff yeah. like that. It's, it's fun. 
Now, when you're when you're doing these big uh, events like the dinners, like you talk about in the road trips, uh, t- take it from uh, your time in Ottawa. Who's the one that's coordinating all of this? Like, does this fall on the captain? Is there like one extrovert guy, or is there like a foodie that does all this? Like, yeah, who who takes who takes care of uh, getting the boys all together in the right spots at the right time? There's there's always one guy. Like, there's always one guy. You know, like yeah. it doesn't matter who he is. It's probably a well-traveled player. It's been around yeah. a little bit and has contacts in different cities. I mean, it doesn't really necessarily take a guy like that to organize a dinner because typically speaking, a captain or some of the leadership group will know in advance that you know, next week we're in Florida. Maybe we should call somewhere and maybe book the back room or something. Right. But um, yeah, like as far as coordinating like the nightlife and stuff, there's always there's always a donkey on the team that happens to know everybody everywhere. And and I, I can speak to that. I mean, when you play five, six, seven years in the NHL, you, you network. You get to yep. know people in L.A. You get to know people in West Hollywood. You get to know people in Winnipeg. South Beach, Florida. Yeah, and you get to know people in Winnipeg. You know, yeah. you get a nice little table somewhere downtown by Earl's or something. Oh, you know, yeah. eat some chicken wings. So, you know, it's 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 just the way it is. And, and, and players coordinate. And um, it's not often, though, that you'll have a full team dinner. It's usually kind of split up a little bit. But right. you guys mentioned it. Yet, like in Florida, for example, that is green light central. So nice. they're probably going to get together and probably know a guy somewhere in a nice restaurant and go from there. Who was the guy on your Ottawa Senators teams who would always have the nightlife taken oh. care of? I feel like Dion would be a good guy for that, especially with uh, with his wife having a lot of connections. Yeah, so when we were out west, mm. yeah, like Alicia knew everybody, obviously, yeah. and Dion. But, like, you know we weren't planning these extravagant nights out. Like they were sort of on a whim, you know, like, because if if we got shit kicked in LA, like we probably don't want to go party. Like it's 1999 afterwards. Right. Like you're going to be a little bit careful with that, but um, yeah, like again, like that's, that's an example of like when I, when I went to Paris Hilton's house back in the day, which I thought was like amazing. And I met a bunch of celebrities and I was out with some rookies and terrible suits, you know, it, it took one guy, to know one person and then all of a sudden you're on the you're on this bus going up you know in the hollywood hills to some cool location that you probably don't belong in right so and then from there you, you meet some people and all of a sudden i know some people and that's sort of how you build this this network but yeah it's it's players like dion eric carlson knew a bunch of people obviously too and there's always someone that knows somebody or maybe you know a player that plays for florida that can take care of you oftentimes that's the way it works uh, you know, a veteran on your team knows a vet in that home city and they'll sort of take care of you there. And that's usually how it goes down. Well, an undercover part of this green light night in Florida, and maybe it's too early in the season for this, but it'll be the first time Matthew Kachuk hosts the senators and oh. in Florida. So you wonder if that adds a wrinkle to it as well, Matt, this has been awesome. <laughs> really looking forward to making this a recurring thing. And yeah. man, now you're setting the bar high. Cause you wore a Chewbacca shirt the first time you were on. Now you got the Wu Tang going. So the bar is set high and I'm not hearing any, any slander on your suits. Anymore. No. Cause now that you're a friend of the show, we make it very, we, got your back. we root for our guys. We're pit bulls. When people go after them, just mm-hmm. ask, Jake Sanderson after he was drafted. Tyler Clevin came on the show, and now we're just dogs for him. But <laughs> Tyler Boucher, a great example of that. Tyler we stick up is for our guys. Well, I, love it. I love it. Well, we uh, thanks for having me, guys. I, I love the work you guys do. And anytime you want me on, I'll come on. All good. That's perfect. Well, uh, we do have a final question for you as well. Does this start to the season now four and three? Are you more confident in the Sens than you were at the start of the year or less or the same? 
Oh, yeah. And, and, and I'm reluctant to put a stamp on anything when you've played like seven games, right? But I think certainly pleasantly surprised. You know, the Norse thing kind of throws me off a little bit now because potentially there goes 40 goals. But um, yeah, I still think this team is, it's, I still think it's going to be an uphill battle to get that playoff spot. But I'm more hopeful now than I was in the spring, or rather in the fall, like early fall. So I, I think now, I think Sense fans have every, every reason to be excited. I'd love for them to flood the CTC a little more. Um, the ones that are going right now, as you guys have seen on TV, it's lively, which is fantastic. It's an exciting brand of hockey that, that Ottawa's brought to the table. I think there's a better chance now. But within, with the injuries now to Norris, hard to say. I, I, I'll give you guys a better answer in a couple of weeks. How about that? Yeah, that's that's totally fair. Uh, fi- final question for me, sticking to the Norris thing. When a big injury like that happens early in the season, what does that do to a locker room? Like, is that something where it's like, oh man, it just takes the air out of the balloon kind of thing? Or is it like, or is there a certain energy guys being like, okay, I need to step up and elevate my role here? Like, from your experience, what does that do to a locker room? Yeah, like with Carl, like that was early in the year when he tore his Achilles, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, anybody that told you that it didn't cast a bit of a cloud over the locker room would be full of shit, right? Like it, initially, it's tough. But you look around the Eastern Conference, just as an example, like this isn't exclusive to the Ottawa Senators, yep. right? Like you've seen other significant injuries going down and that's just, you have to deal with it. It's a contact sport. I mean, the idea that all of your top guys are going to be healthy for the entire year, you're a little naive if you believe that's the Definitely. case, typically speaking, right? So uh, now in this case, it's a little extreme. He may potentially miss the entire year. We don't know what his recovery is going to look like. So it's tough, but you've got you've got some guys you can lean on now. And 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 the emergence of Pinto is promising. You know, do I think Derek Broussard is going to be on that second line? I know I already touched on it, but uh, that's a, that's a tall order and ask of him. So maybe at some point you shift Pinto up if you think he's ready, but Pinto hasn't played 82 games before. This is going to be, this is new to him. Same with Sanderson. Everyone's ooh and eyeing over these two guys. And rightfully so they're going to be studs, probably perennial all-stars, but they haven't, they're not used to that NHL grind yet. Grind. So yeah, he, I, I think the most Shane Pinto's ever played in a season is 54 games. And that was in high school. Think about that. And I thought it was an adjustment going from 68 in the OHL. And I had a hard time playing full years. I played a physical game, never really played 82 games in a season. It was really hard for me. So, but, but to, to stick on the positive note, they've got options now to replace Norris. So, you know, I, I think at this point, the mindset is, and they've got great leadership in that group. You've got Brady. He, they're going to get the guys right. They've got some experience now where they've all got a few years under their belts. They're going to be okay. It's just replacing that workload of goals, you know, specifically on the power play. But conversely, you've got Giroux now. You've got Broussard. You've got Dabrinkit. I think they're going to be okay. It's going to be awesome. Just like you're going to have a great time tonight with the pros versus Joes. Next time we have you on, we need a full report on Fulton and Reed. Sorry, sorry. Mathot and Neil going to take care of all those Joes out there. Enjoy it, and we appreciate your time, Matt. Yeah, we'll we'll do it next week. I'll talk to you guys. I'll give you guys an update. Sounds good. And for that, we say goodbye. Have a great weekend. We'll be back for the postcast tomorrow after the Ottawa Senators take on the Florida Panthers. For Mark Mathot and Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.